You've probably heard that unschooling equals unparenting, but nothing could be farther from the truth. People have been referring to unschooling as unparenting for decades, and those same people usually have no firsthand knowledge about unschooling, or perhaps they've witnessed one family having a rough time, or maybe they have the wrong impression because they've been listening to the wrong people. Let's try to remember a few things. Do people parent differently? Of course. Do parents apply or incorporate different research or advice? Certainly. If someone does it differently from you, does that make them wrong? No way. Parents who have applied unschooling principles in the rest of their lives are living involved, intentional lives with their children. The concept that runs through the philosophy of unschooling is one of trust. Trust that kids will figure out what they need. This is tricky to do sometimes, considering our societal pressures. But it certainly doesn't happen in a vacuum or without parental attention and focus, nor does it always happen immediately. Unschooling actually requires more from parents than other rigid homeschooling methods. It's a 24-7 approach. Unschoolers don't say no learning today because, well, we know that's impossible. Humans learn, period. Unschoolers don't use the light switch approach to learning where educational input is on or it's off. 3 p.m., put your books away. No learning allowed after that. The light switch approach is based upon whether the parent or teacher is bringing something to the table Literally and figuratively, lessons have to be prepared. Children are discouraged from deviating from the plans. Adults are the gatekeeper of all knowledge. And that is simply not how unschoolers want to live. Unschoolers want fuller, richer lives with their kids. This would be the opposite of unparenting. Unschoolers want all the opportunities that are presenting themselves daily, hourly sometimes, to be available and free for the taking. They want to provide resources so children can explore and discover. So what is really meant by unparenting? Before I get off track singing the praises of this non-traditional lifestyle, let's look at what unparenting usually means in people's minds. When people use the term unparenting, they usually mean something like no assistance or direction from the parents, parents who don't publicly reprimand their kids when they don't conform socially. Parents not enforcing bedtimes, allowing backtalk, not adhering to mainstream parenting techniques. They have kids who seem wild in public, maybe presenting with messy hair or poor hygiene. True unparenting is neglect, and that's the opposite of unschooling. People who are unparenting are ignoring, avoiding, and not engaging with their children. They don't fuel their child's interests, expose them to new opportunities, console them when things don't work out, or become their biggest source of support and love. Those are the very things that make unschooling work. Unschooling parents do all of that. It helps to see the variety of ways that some parents implement these unschooling principles. So often someone sees one person's version of unschooling and they think, oh, wow, I could not do that. And then they assume all unschoolers are like that. But when you're in a community of parents on this path, you can see different ways to unschool. And that gives you the green light to apply the principles and forge your own way. 
you'll have this if you join my Creating Confidence membership group. And I'll be there to help offer suggestions and guidance along the way. It is a great opportunity to get tons of information. It's only available to members. Support from other parents who aren't going to just tell you to do a little curriculum or send them back to school. And coaching from me. And after nearly 30 years, I've seen what could maybe help you. And I want to share what I know. As you connect with these other parents, hearing how they engage and help their kids, you'll see that unschooling is a far cry from unparenting. You know, last week, I let you all know that I've decided to offer podcast listeners a special deal. I'm waiving the sign-up fee for you. So you can just hop in at the monthly rate and stay as long as you like. I'll have the link in the show notes, but it's easy to remember. It's unschoolingmom2mom.com with the number two slash podcast dash friends. Easy. You could join us today. Okay, back to this unparenting concept. You know, parents can be really judgy. My kids are all grown. Two are in their 30s. One is still hanging on at 29. And I have to say that over those two decades, sometimes my parenting was on point. And sometimes it was sorely lacking. I'd hate to be judged on how I responded to my kids on a bad day. Sometimes parents are trying various parenting techniques they've read about and the children are resisting. We can't really know what's going on specifically. We're not in their heads or in their homes. Parenting approaches can vary widely and we make decisions based upon what resonates with us at the time. We wouldn't want someone making some sweeping generalization about us and our parenting on one of those bad days. We all have them. And we wouldn't want someone making our parenting decisions for us. They don't know what's going on in our homes or where we are in figuring this all out. Let's not do that to other parents. When kids are learning new skills, well, when anyone is really, sometimes it takes a little while for it to become a new habit. Unschooling parents are often trying to give their kids the space to figure out how they want to behave in their world. This doesn't mean without parental input, but they may simply choose not to have those conversations with their child in public in front of you. Humiliating the child to save face among other parents doesn't do anything positive for the parent-child relationship. And that's an important factor for unschoolers. While some parents are trying to honor their kids' natural tendencies, sometimes they get off track. Has everyone always gotten this parenting thing right every time? Of course not. When someone sees parents either ignoring a behavior or struggling with it, we should all try to remember that this is just one little snapshot of their day. Maybe just getting out the door was tough and the battle over the hairbrush wasn't worth it. I've certainly had days like that. It's also why we bought a lot of hats. (laughs) And I'm happy to say my grown kids don't have a problem with hygiene or any behavior in public, really, which all of that leads me to the concept of the wild child. Some kids have higher energy levels than others, and that can take its toll on parents. We have no idea what else is going on, what that parent has tried before, what they're trying to implement at the moment you're watching. One of the factors with these louder kids, and each of mine had their opportunities to do this, is that it pushes the parent and our parenting out into the spotlight. And one thing onlookers enjoy is criticizing, probably from a deep-seated need to compare and deflect any unwanted attention from coming their way. 
Maybe they were raised to care a lot about their image or or how your behavior reflects on the family. Did you grow up with that phrase? Or maybe it's just a habit left over from the adult's own school days where stepping out of line or drawing unwanted attention was something to be avoided at all costs. Those kids who didn't get that little school memo about social behavior were often ostracized and shamed. It's not that we can't undo it when we have that kind of thinking persisting later in life. We can, but we need to recognize it when it rears its ugly head. L.R. Nost writes, strong-willed children often grow into strong-willed adults who become world leaders, world shapers, and world changers. Parenting them peacefully is not only possible, it's imperative because sowing peace in their hearts now while they're in our care will grow a future of peace later when the world is in their care. Nicolette Souder wrote, Give me the wild children with their bare feet and sparkling eyes, the restless churning climbers, the wild ones using their outside voices, singing all the way home. Give me wonder-filled, glorious messmakers, dreaming of mountains of mud, aching to run through a field of stars. And there's one other quote that I've seen float across Instagram of, Don't let the tamed ones tell you how to live. So the concept of permissive parenting comes up. You know, permissive parents are not really involved in their child's life. Although I often wonder about using that term at all. I permitted my kids to do a lot of things that other parents wouldn't have. Did that make me permissive? As usual, I struggle with labels never quite fitting into one or another. And sometimes people mistakenly think that unschooling means there are no rules or that the parents have thrown caution to the wind saying, Anything goes, but that's not the case at all. Unschooling families do have rules, rules about safety, interacting with others, etc. They're just not arbitrary rules. Boundaries exist in life. Highways are dangerous. Hitting your brother is not okay. Staying up all night can ruin the next day's activities. Unschooled children are given the space to figure out how to deal with life's frustrations with the help of adults who are on their team. Instead of creating a list of rules, unschooling parents use these ideas as guiding principles. Sometimes adults get locked into the idea that kids getting their way is a bad thing. They've been convinced that it's the slippery slope to their child becoming spoiled. But unschooling parents work with their children to see how they could get what they need, or at least some variation of it, or maybe they help them see it's not possible right now. In any case, they avoid the us versus them approach to parenting. Unschooling parents aren't on opposite sides as their children. They're more like partners trying to help them navigate their world so they can be successful. Successful unschooling parents actually find themselves somewhere in between the conventional authority-oriented parenting and what's usually considered permissive parenting. Mainstream parents often feel they must make the boundaries the most important aspect. They feel it's what keeps the family from descending into anarchy, while parents who would be considered permissive feel that the child's wishes are always honored with no glance toward boundaries. Unschooling parents take both into consideration, the child's need and the reality of boundaries, because it boils down to trust and respect. Unschooling parents prioritize that. I know, I know, a lot of parents are going to say that they cannot trust their child to behave well without a lot of threats or ranting on their part. But really, are those techniques effective? Are you having to simply amp up the punishments to get compliance? 
Or are you really getting compliance? Or are they simply finding a way to work around you? Unschooling parents have discovered that modeling trust and respect is what promotes trust and respect in children. We speak to children in the same way we speak to our own adult friends. Sure, the topics are different, but the tone and the attitude is similar. When this happens consistently, children feel valued. They feel respected. They feel heard. And isn't that what all humans want, their wishes and ideas to be heard? And how else are children going to learn to trust and respect others if they don't see it demonstrated in their lives? Peter Gray wrote in his book, Free to Learn, kids are people, and they respond just as adults do to the micromanagement, to severe restriction on their freedom, and constant unsolicited evaluation. Rebecca Eanes said, we worry too much about reading levels, potty training, and messy rooms, and perhaps too little about living a happy life with our loved ones in the short time that we're given with them. Be careful about sweeping with a broad brush and calling unschooling unparenting. Resist spreading gossip about families who are having a rough time just to alleviate some insecurities of your own. Don't make decisions about all unschoolers based on some story you heard from someone else or one family you saw struggling in a hotel lobby. And consider parenting a different way from how you were parented or what's the typical parenting technique these days. After all, is that really working all that well? Remember, your relationship with your child is more important than most things. That's a pretty big shift. And we may have all sorts of layers to unpack, thoughts and ideas that interfere with building these bonds with our kids. In school, it's all about focusing on some future goal, graduation, college, something else down the road. Unschoolers recognize that where this path leads is not nearly as important as the connection while you're walking together. It can be hard to make these changes. Brene Brown said, however afraid we are of change, the question that we must ultimately answer is this, what's the greater risk? Letting go of what people think or letting go of how I feel, what I believe, who I am. You are clearing out thousands of years of outdated conditioning that has been passed on to you. So go easy on yourself. And remember now, unschooling, it's far from unparenting. So that's it from me on the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. I'll be back again to talk with you next week. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comments. Send me an email. Join the membership group. Talk to you again soon. Enjoy your kids.